How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and you know it's a Miami Monday. So here's what we do on the show every Monday. Try to tailor the show just a little extra Miami to get you through what usually is the worst day of the week. So we're going to have some good local Miami music throughout the show to help you just groove on out. Plus, the Joe Rose Show going to be talking to the offensive coordinator of the U, Rhett Lashley. Big things. I'm telling you, big things from Rhett Lashley. Dan Lebitard Show will have your weekend observations. Then Hawk and Crowder, they're Miami's own. Talking about break out the brooms, baby. Right now, though, let's break out some headlines. Miami beat Indianapolis 124-115 over the weekend. The Heat go for the sweep today at 6.30. Hard Rock Stadium will allow 13,000 socially distanced fans to attend both the Dolphins and Hurricanes home openers next month. The Marlins play the Nats in just a few minutes. Miami is 11-11 on the season. Inter-Miami won their first MLS game this past Saturday, downing Orlando City 3-2. Their next match is Wednesday at 8 versus Atlanta United. The AP Top 25 preseason football poll has been released. Clemson is number one, followed by Ohio State, Alabama, and last year's national champions, LSU. The Hurricanes are not ranked. Dolphins linebacker Kyle Van Noy left practice due to injury. Miami opened September 13th against New England. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. Ah... Titans rookie Isaiah Wilson nearly jumped from a balcony after police spotted him at a Tennessee State apartment party. Cannot wait to see this guy in the clutch. A bear in California recently strolled into a store and took a bag of Tostitos chips. New game plan, buy a bear suit, shoplift beer. A baby albino kangaroo has disappeared from a Germany zoo. How in the world do you lose an albino kangaroo? Not exactly easy to hide. A woman was horrified when she realized that the blow-up dinosaur she bought her four-year-old for their birthday party had genitals. I guess anatomically correctness is important these days. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast, rainy with temperatures in the mid-80s. Football's almost here. Really, hard to believe in just a few weeks we are going to have the U and the Dolphins, and fans in the stands most likely. This morning, the Joe Rose Show, they hooked up with offensive coordinator of the U, Rhett Lashley, Mr. Offense, here in Miami, talking about the O-line, 
some sloppy practice play, keeping everyone happy, and what the freshman class looks like. Coach, always appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, the scrimmages, I know a lot of people want to know what happened. Uh, I saw Coach Diaz came out and said it was a little sloppy and thought the defense took it to the offense, especially in the first half. Um, when he says sloppy, I always wonder, was it penalties? Was it mental errors? What was it mostly, Coach? Yeah, I think he's probably talking about the amount of penalties on both sides, both offense and defense, you know, um, from the first scrimmage to the second, you know, there was more holding penalties on the offense, passing the French penalties on the defense, those kind of things. Those are just things that, you know, things that happen like holding and passing the French, you got to clean up with coaching and the, the, the techniques and the execution and then simple things, whether it's an offsides penalty or an illegal formation, those undisciplined things that'll set you back. Uh, I think that's probably what he was referring to the most. All right, let's get to the, the, the big demon in the room that we've talked about a lot. How's that offensive line coming together, Coach? You know, I've been really pleased. I think um, you know that, that whole room, everybody in that room, with along with Coach Justice, I think they're really coming together well. Um, the guys have bought in to what we're doing. Um, I think we're running the football better each time we go out to practice. I think our pass protection is getting better each practice. You know, I think that's one of the things. Um, really, in both scrimmages, I think our pass protection has has overall been pretty good. Even when we struggle, we give him time to get the ball out or, or to, to get up and out of the pocket. And so um, those guys are really really gelling and getting better each day. You know, against a really good defense. And so I think that's been one of the best things is our defense um, has, has made us better and hopefully we're sharpening each other. Coach, so uh, no media's at any of these scrimmages. We've had two reports of the scrimmages. Both excited to see what the air raid offense is going to bring and both have reports of just great running in both these scrimmages from your running backs from three different running backs in two scrimmages. Got to be happy about that, huh? Just to see the running backs really doing well against what you even said is a pretty good defense. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously Cam Harris has a lot of experience. Those young backs have really shown um, that they're fearless and and they're uh, they're going to be able to help us out, you know, sooner than later. And make no mistake, we believe in balance. We believe in running the football. We're not just sitting here trying to throw it 70 times a game. I don't think you can win championships doing that. And also the strength of our team, you know, we're going to play to what the strengths are. And right now we got some good running backs. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, both scrimmages have served us well. You know, the first scrimmage, I think, you know, we did a lot of really good things that I think gave our guys some confidence. You know, this last scrimmage, the first two drives, I think the defense came out and they got after us. I think that was good um, to see how our guys would respond to a little bit of adversity to maybe a slower start than we desire. And I think they did because after those first two drives, I think our guys, most importantly, their attitude didn't change. And, you know, they were just excited to go out for that third drive, ended up getting a score and, and kind of got some momentum going in our favor. Hey, Coach, um, Jerry Williams, the transfer from uh, Houston, how's it? We haven't heard much. Is, is he working his way in there? Is he with you guys or how's he playing so far? Yeah, Jared's with us, and he's done a really nice job. You know, Jared's one of those guys, and first of all, he's just huge. You know, anytime you're big and you're long, that, that'll help you in the O-line. And on top of it, he's just played a lot of ball. You know, you got a guy who started and played a lot of ball at Houston, and um, sometimes that's what you need. You need just some experience. He's not, he doesn't say a lot. He just kind of goes out there and goes about his business. But he's, you know, he's meshed well with the O-line room, and they've received him well, and uh, he's going to help us win. Do you have a starting five right now, or is there, like, would you say a rotation of seven or eight guys that all have a chance? Yeah, I'd say Coach Justice and I probably have a pretty good idea of, of probably what our starting group will look like for the most part. There's still a little bit of time, but not much, to be honest with you, when you play yeah. two weeks from Thursday. So I think – you know, the first two weeks of camp, these two scrimmages, that is the good thing that you said. I think we probably have an idea, but there's also seven or eight guys we think could help us win. It's not like, man, I hope we can find five. You know, we feel like seven or eight, maybe even nine guys 
you know, could help us, which in a year like this is going to be big because you just never know from week to week who you're going to be having to count on. And then uh, how about your wide receivers? Obviously, you spread it out. You play a lot of different guys. Have you had one or two guys kind of stand out there? I, I keep reading about some of the young guys, which I, I figured you, you got them all the young guys playing against each other. But overall, how's your wide receiver group? Much like the O-line, they've, they've come along nicely. They're really buying into what we're doing. They're playing hard. We don't probably have that go-to guy that you're going, man, this guy, we're just going to throw him the ball every time. I think that's actually a good thing. I think we got a lot of guys with ability that are learning what we want them to do. Honestly, as an offense, it's kind of what you want. You don't want the defense to be able to say, well, hey, if we just take this guy away from them, then they're out of luck. We got confidence in whoever we put out there, they can make plays, and wherever the read tells the quarterback to go with the ball, that they can make plays. I think the biggest thing for us is you know, we've had two scrimmages uh, where we've been able to, you know, our, our offense has been able to go against our one defense who, you know, they're only going to make us better. Been back and forth. I think we've sharpened each other. But the biggest thing is our guys are going to know what to do. That hasn't been an issue. They're going to play extremely hard. That hasn't been an issue. What we've got to do now, about two and a half weeks out from playing, is, you know, we've got to get to where we can execute at a high level. And that's probably the one thing everybody always asks, well, what do you miss not getting a spring ball? What do you miss having, you know, only a couple weeks and now you're getting ready for a game? It's just, they know what to do. But how many times has that, has Derek King and, and Mark Pope thrown that router. How many times has our O-line you know, blocked this run scheme? How many times? And so, you know, you just try to get as many reps as you can because people don't understand it takes hundreds of reps to get really, really, really good at something. Coach, on that offense also, besides the wide receivers and the running backs you've talked about, you got two kind of unicorns at that tight end position, Brevin Jordan, Will Mallory. How have they looked so far in your offense, and how happy are you with the play of these two guys so far? They've done good. I mean, I think Will Mallory's had an excellent fall camp. I mean, he's just steady and reliable and he makes a lot of plays. And then it was good to have Brevin uh, get a good scrimmage in this weekend. He got a lot of good reps in, made some plays. And so I think those guys definitely give you some versatility in what we're wanting to do. And so you know, I couldn't be more more happy to have those two guys You know, with what we're trying to do. I just think they really help our whole offense role. Is there a way in your offense for those two to play a lot together? Because I know they can both flex out. And you, you see that as a big part of your offense, both those guys playing together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you could see those guys on the field sometimes alone and, and then very often together. Like I said, I think that's just because not they're, they're tight ends and they can do everything a tight end can do. But I mean, they got some really good ball skills, receiver skills. They're big targets. I mean, any quarterback will tell you they like those big, long targets. So the versatility they give us in the run game, flexing them out in the pass game, blocking on the perimeter, just anything and everything. I think that really is going to help us offensively. You know, maybe not be so one-dimensional. You got a pretty good idea who the backup quarterback's going to be right now, Coach. And do you want to share it with us? <laughs> Everybody wants to know who's starting on the old line. Who's starting here? Who's starting there? I mean, uh, the reality of it is none of us as coaches, have, the new coaches, have seen these guys in a game. And that's what Coach Diaz tries to do with these scrimmages is simulate game-like atmosphere. Cause that's, that's when you get the best information on your players. And I think we've gotten a lot of good stuff out of these two scrimmages. But until you're playing you know, UAB on a Thursday night here in two and a half weeks, you're not 100% sure how people are going to react. You know, we've got a lot of good options everywhere. I think it's going to take a lot of guys at every position. I will say I think Kosey Perry who's, has been solid. You know, he's he's a guy who's played a lot of ball in actual game situations. I think Tyler Van Dyke took a really nice step in the second scrimmage. You look at a young guy who in scrimmage one got his feet wet, did some good things, but I thought I saw a good jump in the second scrimmage for him. Just you could tell he was much more comfortable. Peyton Matoka, Tate Martell, and, and Ryan Risk have all gotten reps as well. And so, again, in a year like this, you just never know week to week. You may not know till Friday who's starting. <laughs> you know, so yeah. everybody's important. I think we have a pretty good idea, but at the same time, there's still probably another week before we really set everything in stone and say, let's get ready for UAB. Coach, how hard is it in today's 
college football to keep everybody happy and you got top four-star guys on your team on your offense and make sure they're feeling like part of it and everybody's got a chance so that everybody stays upbeat during this time for guys that have been stars in high school and now running with the threes even though you're not looking at it that way how, how much more difficult is the job now well it's more difficult now just from the standpoint that kids tend to leave sooner than they used to in the past or transfer rules have changed but at the end of the day that's our job as coaches we're, we're teachers we're mentors um, it's our job to lead and I hope offensively what we try to do with our system is is build a system where everybody can get the ball it doesn't have to be fed to one person you know and now in coaching you're going to try to get the ball to your best players and that that's that's good coaching you'd be bad coaching if you didn't but and a lot of times guys know you know, the more time you spend together, they know who the guys are and they know who, who should be getting the ball. But at the same time, um, when you can have that next man up mentality, everybody's going to get opportunities to make plays. That helps. Uh, and I think you just try to create the right kids who, while they're very talented and they want to, you know, do the best they can, they also want the team to win. And when the team wins, everybody wins. That's the culture. That's the mentality Coach Diaz is creating here. That's what we want to create. And so far, you know, our guys have done a really nice job of, of just buying it and just doing their job, playing hard, knowing that sometimes they're making the play. The next time it may be their teammate, and that's okay. How's the freshman class overall? been on the offensive side of the ball for you guys yeah i mean really pleased they did the, the staff here you know coach hicks and coach field were here and coach diaz and some of the other guys they brought in a really nice group i mean um i think all those guys are going to help us either this year win a lot of them i think will have a chance to help us this year but even the ones that may not just because of maybe depth at a position or whatever help us as much this year i think they're going to help us win football games here at the university of miami coach I, I bet you didn't think that through a 13 minute interview or not that we would ask about your quarterback or your starting quarterback last uh, probably going to be the first time to go through a media session and yeah. go through that. But That's I might true. as well ask him here. Two scrimmages, two scrimmages in. That was the given, Coach. Right. Yeah. Like, I figured. Man, I almost got out of here without even right. getting it. Yeah. Right, right. I almost was going to say goodbye. And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm losing you now. I'm losing you. I might have to. I might have to. I might be losing you. Right. All of, all of a sudden, shh. Can't hear you anymore. But coach, two scrimmages yeah. in all these practices in so far. Derek King, in your eyes, uh, knew the offense coming in, uh, or knew at least of the offense. But how's he looked so yeah. far in the Red Ashley offense through two scrimmages in all these practices? You know, Derek's been pretty steady. I think probably the best thing is he hasn't turned the ball over in either of the scrimmages. I don't think our first offense has had a turnover yet, and that's that's something that has been really good to see our guys valuing the football. Um, at the same time, you got to make plays. I think the first scrimmage he really set the tone for our guys. He, he was he was not. Not only steady, he was making plays. He he would probably be the first to tell you he wasn't quite as sharp in the second scrimmage. But again, he knows what to do with it. He's got experience. Uh, he's going against a really good defense, so that makes him better. And uh, overall, been really pleased that um, he's going to give us a chance to win football games. Coach, thank you, man. I appreciate you finding some time for us today to come on and and just tease us a little bit with this uh, offense. One more <laughs> one more scrimmage to go, Coach. Or how you doing this? Are you guys going to do it again once or twice? Yeah, you know we've got a, a good week of practice ahead. You know this weekend we'll be able to still get some guys some work but you know the reality of it is Thursday we're two weeks away from playing and so um, kind of said all along we've got to make decisions quicker than normal and that's what we're going to have to do and um, I think we're all in a good position to do that but always love coming on the show with y'all thank you coach we Thanks, really coach. appreciate it buddy thank you absolutely thank you too Rhett Lashley's had him running at SMU and all over the place gonna get the you going 10 game season Let's win. Just win, baby. Of course, we'll be covering all the Hurricanes football games right here on 560 The Joe. It's a Monday. If you look up strapping young man in the dictionary, what you'll find is Dustin Johnson. DJ.
farts and weekend observations, plus some Miami music for you on the way. It's a Miami Monday on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe show running back. Some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 the Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day and it's a Miami Monday. The best part of Miami Mondays, the music from straight out of Lauderdale Lakes. This is a guy by the name of Buddy Long, better yet known as Raiden Rush. Get this father, drummer of German descent, his mother, a pianist of Japanese descent. They both graduated from Berkeley Music College in Boston. That's big time right there. That's what Miami's all about. A melting pot with sounds like this is this song, Shining. Raiden Rush has even done some work with Trick Daddy. Now that is Miami on a Miami Monday. Speaking of Mondays, Dan Lebetard show, they've got a tradition. Stugat's weekend observations every Monday coming to you. So good. I decided to bring it on back to you. It is time for Stugatz to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boy Stu. Stugatz, last week, uh, he uh, he farted trying to get back into his chair, and we pretended it was just the chair uh, making a noise because he sat down in it. Dan! With a 38-point, 12-rebound, 8-assist performance... By LeBron James, a 135-133 overtime game for the ages. Dan, things got real over the weekend. Oh. And just like that, the NBA playoffs yes. are back. Wait a minute, you just spent two hours telling us it doesn't feel like the playoffs. I'm not certain. That was then, this is now. I mean, really, that was way back when, over the weekend, then that was now, and then this is now. I, I don't know, but it's back. Okay. If you look up strapping young man in the dictionary, what you'll find is Dustin Johnson, DJ, Orlando Magic virtual crowd. It's the NBA playoffs. You are coming home tied 1-1. Least you can do is show up on time. Example, 1,172 as to why you don't give pitchers big contracts. Steven Strasburg. The Celtics really are better without Kyrie Irving. Season-ending surgery, while not funny, is funny when you consider the season just started, yet Steven Strasburg will miss like six starts. 18 to 24 months ago, I said on air that Jason Tatum has the best shot of turning into the next Kevin Durant. I was laughed out of the room by Mike 
Dan and Amin El Hassan. You know what that means, Dan? It means I'm having the last laugh. Oh, already? Really? How about that? He's pretty good, Tatum. Yeah, he is. Kevin Durant. Huh? I mean, that's not Durantula. pretty good. Kevin Durant is better than pretty good. Really? Same amount of rings. I don't know. You want to see how much Rick Pitino really cares about Iona? Offer him the Sixers job. You got to give the Celtics credit. Clearly, having the digitally superimposed Sixer logo on that floor did not bother them. <laughs> I mean, you've been making the same joke for four days. Perhaps I'll make it again. Big win at the Spectrum. Chris Paul or James Harden? I can't decide who I want to see lose more in the first round of the playoffs. The only thing missing from the NBA playoffs besides the fans is the defense. Headline, Pat signed a player who hasn't played in five years. My response, of course they did. Open up the story and the rest of the headline reads and put him at a new position. My response, of course they did. The second most impressive thing Dustin Johnson did over the weekend was going 30 under par at the Northern Trust Open. Blazers can't go back to the computerized Lakers logo down 3-1. It's tough to win at the forum, man. <laughs> Stugatz has been hitting the same note on the same joke for four days, which is they're all playing in Orlando, but uh, the, you got to split on the road. I've been telling you all postseason, you do not want to make these Dallas stars angry. When will you start listening? I often think about how much money Melvin Gordon cost himself last year. It's an odd thing to think about, but I think about it often. Sixers. Oof. Turns out losing as much as possible isn't the greatest foundation for building a winning culture. Dan, you can feel it in the air, can't you? We're just a couple of weeks away from Dak Prescott. Contract talk. Leading every first take A block. A welcome change from this summer when Dak Prescott. Contract talk. Merely led every other first take A block. You know how when you needed two yards, Leroy Horde would get you three? But if you needed four yards, Horde would still get you three? DJ Augustine will get you a game. But when you need four, he's still just going to get you one. <laughs> one of the great sports quotes of all time. You need uh, two yards, I'll get you three, coach. You need four yards, coach, I'll get you three. Dan, you know what the K in Kawhi stands for? Clutch. Dan, next time you get mad at me and Mike for getting excited over the smallest of transactions, we'll present you with Trey Burke. You know what the D in Dockage stands for? Balls. What happened there? I don't even know how that got in there. Balls. I don't remember writing that. And the D is silent. Kawhi Leonard, third best line drive jumper of all time. Number two, Kobe Bryant. Wow. Number one, duh. Surprisingly, number four, 
is Bill Lambeer. Uh, Mike likes that. <laughs> In three weekends, we'll be watching regular season football. What a weird time. Also, holy bleep. That's awesome. I say this every year. I'll say it again. I don't know who's running the Rays, but I wish that person was running my baseball team. I don't need 132 more games to figure out if the Angels are good or not. Seen enough. I'm good. Mike Trout, here's an idea. Win something. Trouty. That had to be a long walk back to the hotel for the Clippers. Clippers Mavericks. Best game inside a bubble in front of no fans of all time. The Nets played game four with one foot inside the bubble and the other in the nearest strip club. San Diego Padres. The dads. Who the hell is having more fun than them? Speaking of hell, Art Bryles. Dan, those are the weekend observations. Woo, what a weekend it was. Everyone talking about Luka Doncic with good cause. I mean, the dude just went off. The Heat got that culture. They're about to tip off in a minute or two, and they're going to sweep the Pacers. Football right around the corner. What else could you ask for? How about some Hawk and Crowder? There was a lady on an elevator, and a, another girl walked in without a mask on, and the lady picked her phone up and said, Hey, Doc, oh, I'm positive. And the other lady reached in her pocket and put something over her face. <laughs> that Bro. is great. Silliness and sports on the way from the Hawk and Crowder Show. Plus, in about five more minutes, some Miami music on a Miami Monday. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 The Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and it's a Miami Monday, so we got straight out of Broward County, Raiden Rush, also known as Buddy Long. This is a song, H2O, Drink It Up. Raiden Rush with the beats like that, sound like that, you know he caught Trick Daddy's ear. He's worked with Trick Daddy in the past. I'm working with him right now. Raiden Rush. Check him out. Instagram at Raiden Rush. R A I D E N. R-U-S-H. Love playing some Miami music on a Monday. It's the best part of a day that is usually not the best day of the week. Hashtag Miami Monday on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Let me know what makes you so Miami. If I like it, I may just read it out on the radio. I know what I like on my Miami Monday. I also like some Hawk and Crowder. That's what makes me Miami. I listen to Hawk and Crowder every day for four hours. Two to six right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, Hawk and Crowder, they were at it. Talking about break out the brooms, baby. Also, Luca doing it. And covering the basics plus Solana. Got a fire montage for you right here. Miami. Miami. 
Live from American Airlines Arena in Miami, it's our broadcast of Game 3 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals between your Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers. Jimmy Butler in there at Brogdon, gets it out to Duncan Robinson, a tough shot. Oh, got it to go anyway from downtown. My goodness. You couldn't cover him any better if you had a blanket. Bam, strong in the basket, way up and in against Sampson. That's a bully move there by Bam. Yeah, baby! Dragic, three, wide open. Dragic, oh, not a soul near him. Buries his fifth tray of the game, 21 for the Dragon, the Heat up by 11. This is every possession matters. You know, I feel like we've been doing a great job of just handling situations possession by possession, getting shots on goal and getting stops. Yeah, baby! Jim Crowder back up to Totter. Totter, one on the shot clock. Step back to 18. Footer got it to go. Boy, Totter bails Miami out there. Bam, oh, got it just in case under the basket alone. Iguodala, the corner to Totter, has got three on the way. Got it to go, Totter Hero. What looked like a disaster turned out to be a three-point play. As, as everybody knows, we have a bunch of good leaders on our team. Um, we, we knew they were going to make a run, you know, start back, and it wasn't going to be easy. Um, I'm happy with how we, you know, fought back. You know, we held them off. Made some big shots down the stretch. Got some key stops and came out with the W. Long three attempt. That's an air ball, and it's going to be Miami's ball with .1 second left to go in the heat. Are going to win this ball game. The final score, Miami 124, Indiana 115. And the Heat now with a commanding three games to nothing lead. You know, it's not going to be easy. They're not going down without a fight. And, it, you know, the last one's going to be just as hard as the first three were. So we got to come out there, you know, make sure that we take care of business. Okay, we need one more, and that's our focus right now. You know, like everybody said, the third game is the hardest game to win. So, you know, we came out, got the game done, and then, you know, we got one more. Here we go on a Monday or Broomsday, as Solana tweeted to us. <laughs> He'd going for the four-game sweep yeah. would be nice. They should do it, man. They, they had just no problem with Indiana. I mean, no problem. Yeah. yeah, cakewalk. And you've seen some unbelievable. We're going to get to the big story, obviously. The Dolphins and Hurricanes are going to be allowing fans at the games. And we're going to have Tom Garfinkel, who is the president and CEO of the Miami Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium. He's going to join us today around 3.15, and we're going to get to that. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the NBA playoffs. The Heat, obviously, we know they're up 3 nothing. They just haven't had any problems. They've played. I, I, I there, There's something to me, this this pseudo big three of Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, and Bam Adebayo. I mean, there's that's a threesome that any NBA team has to fear, as silly as that sounds. Am I lying? No, you're 100% correct. And with the shooters on the outside, the young boys shooting, where the, the big three can do their thing and you always know you can kick it out, bro. He look good, man. It, yep. Are the Pacers bad or the Heat look good? I, I don't, I don't get know. I don't know, but the Pacers were the four seed. Like, what am yeah. I missing there? Sabonis? So is that is that the, the whole difference, Solana? I don't know if it's the whole difference. I don't think Victor Oladipo looks himself, even though he missed most he of the not. year. He does not. He does not. Yeah, um, but it could just be a case of a team missing one of their best players, an all-star, and possibly they overachieved in the regular season, or Miami right. just matches up really well against this team. And let's be honest – Playoff Jimmy Butler is a whole other animal, guys. That is true. And Goran, Goran, I mean, you're seeing him start, and he is, I mean, man. So, anyway, you got the Heat, and then you've got Luka Doncic, 
who was, I mean, it was, it, it, you couldn't believe what you were watching yesterday, and it could not have ended more perfectly <laughs> no. than it ended. And and then you've got the Sixers, you know, process, which has turned out to be a joke. I mean, there, there's so much going on. And again, the big story, obviously, uh, and we'll get to it in the headlines here briefly, but Doncic, man, that was unbelievable what he did yesterday. Yeah, after the ankle, right? Why do we, boy, basketball players are different than football players. You can stumble off a court, come back, and ball out, <laughs> man. Come on now. Donkey just I mean, his his numbers were ridiculous. That game winning three was ridiculous. Do you have the sound of that game winning three by any chance, Solana? Yeah, just give me one second. Yeah, I mean, but, did you hear Mike Breen on this call, Crowder? Yes, just I, I heard, yeah, not I mean, live, is, but I heard it this morning. Right, yeah, I mean, just chill inducing. Finney Smith to inbound, back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up three pointer, bang, bang, it's good. Doncic <laughs> wins the game at the buzzer. And, and I don't know if you've seen the uh, there's there's um, like just ambient footage. Someone in the bubble in that arena was taping it. So there's no real crowd or whatever. And you just you hear the the screaming of just the bench. And they you know and they yeah. they uh, they uh, all uh, grab him and uh, and uh, jump on him or whatever. It was just an unbelievable weekend of NBA playoffs. I can't get the Bucks game here at my house for some reason. Boca Raton apparently too close to Orlando, and it has been blacked out on NBA TV. I don't understand what's happening here on my TV. Uh, but the Bucks are playing right now, and uh, it's uh, it's looks to me like it'll be a Heat Bucks round two. And I I'm not that nervous. I don't think that Milwaukee wipes the court of Miami. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, bro, you're talking about, and it's a team thing. They're going, you know, 10 deep off the bench. They're bringing in, you know, their, their rotation is deep, and that's what they were built around, and that's what they did starting going. I praised Spo last week a lot about starting going in the playoffs. Hawk, this, the Heat are, I don't think the Heat are a cakewalk for anybody still in the bubble, and I'm not just I being agree. a homer. I'm not no, being a homer. No, I agree. I agree. All right, let's do uh, headlines with Alejandro Solana. Brady Quinn will join us. Our friend Brady. I celebrated my three-year anniversary of our date over this weekend with uh, with Brady. Yeah, that popped up on my. Were you the only one Facebook. celebrating? I texted him uh, three years, you know, on a picture of me and him <laughs> hugging, and he wrote "new phone who dis." Um, so I don't know if he feels the same way. <laughs> no, you think you think he shows your picture to his daughters? I don't know, Hawk. I don't know. If, I don't know if the feelings mutual. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, I'm pretty certain it's not. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of stuff to get to. Let's get headlines real quick here with Solana. So the Miami Dolphins and Miami-Dade County, they will be allowing some fans at Dolphins and Hurricanes games this season. 13,000 fans will be permitted to attend the Dolphins' home opener September 20th against Buffalo. Buffalo Bills coach uh, McDermott, by the way, not happy about this decision. And uh, the Miami Hurricanes. It's September one of the 10th. things I wanted to ask Brady Quinn about, you know, because the obviously the Hurricanes, they uh, sent out their press release as well. So the UAB opener, they'll have 13,000 fans there. I mean, 13,000 fans in a 70,000 seat stadium is almost no one there. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how much of a difference it makes. But I did want to ask Brady Quinn, is there some sort of advantage for the Dolphins and the Hurricanes? You probably have an opinion, Crowder. I mean, but once you're on the field, I don't know. I don't know. Does that stuff matter? No, but the it's not going to get loud enough. You know, like I, my whole right. Thing. Like I don't, I never looked around and saw the guy with the with the orange painted face, and it made me play harder. Like the yelling and screaming, and the and all the the all the, the 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 noise level in the stadium when the offense is on the field, the opposing offense, you can affect them. But 
to your point, Hawk, 13,000 is not going to make that much noise. It's right. more for the fan. I think it's more for the fans. It's more for us, keep the fan base, season ticket yeah, holders. Yeah, and I, I think uh, even TV viewers. Like, it's it's yeah. it, there's something about having some fans in the stands and whatnot, and it's a first step. My, my guess is this. We can ask Tom Garfinkel, but my guess is this. If they go through three weeks, four weeks, and there's been no outbreaks and everything seems to be going well, do they do they have plans to increase 13,000 to 22,000? And yeah. and again yeah. if you know if the percentage of positivity in South Florida dips below 5%, do they have plans to go to 35,000? You know, so there I I'm, I'm very interested to hear him explain everything that they uh, they put into it. And quickly on the other side, Hawk, cuz like you're saying, no problem. They can go up to maybe, like you're saying, 15, 20, 25, whatever it is. If they do have a problem, knock on wood, God-fearing, god bless, whatever you have to say. You know the Saturday night before game one, they could say, hey, guys, sure, no fans allowed. Email everybody, give them refunds. I like the approach of saying yes to fans, and only seven teams out of 32 have said yes to fans to get the tickets sold and see what happens. I don't like being too conservative and just cancel. It's almost like the Big Ten where, oh, canceled. Wait a little bit. I, I'm kind of leaning that way. Let's wait because we can always say no, but it's hard to go back to yes. There was a 46-page plan released by the Dolphins. Here some of the highlights. Fans and stadium employees will be required to wear masks when not eating or drinking. Tom Garfinkel today said if you don't like wearing a mask, then uh, this this plan, this situation here at, at Hard Rock for Dolphins and Canes games won't be for you. You said it pretty flat right. out. Right. And and by the way, like they're telling you flat out, you're going to have to wear a mask while you're there. I, this drives me crazy, you know, when you see people on an airplane and they get in a fight because they refuse to put their mask on. Like, you know the rules. Like, like if you don't want if you don't want to like it drives me crazy with this stuff. The sign is out in front of the store. You have to wear a mask. So you got to be the tough guy and walk in. I'm not going to wear a mask. Like, those are the rules. You want to follow the rules? Follow the rules. You don't want to follow the rules? Don't go to the game. Like, there you go. Pretty simple. I saw something genius on Twitter this weekend. There was a lady on an elevator, and a, another girl walked in without a mask on, and the lady picked her phone up and said, Hey, Doc, oh, I'm positive. And the other lady reached <laughs> in her pocket and put something over her face. That Bro. is great. I, that is a genius move, and I'm stealing it from Twitter. I'm using that. That for is great. That is great. All right, what else we got, Solana? Also, no tailgating will be permitted this season at all. Okay. The Miami Heat, they'll play game four, Broomsday, against the Pacers. Mm -hmm. That's at 6.30 p.m. The pregame show on 7.90. The ticket begins 5.15 p.m. The, the Heat beat the Pacers in game three, 124 to 115 on Saturday, guys. Inner Miami, they beat Orlando City three to two. Goals from Julian Caranza. He scored a brace in the first 25 minutes. And then Pizarro, one goal as well. They ended up being the game-winning goal. It's the first win in franchise history, fellas. There you go. What's a brace? Two goals. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Score a brace. He scored two goals. Huh. Three is no a hat idea. trick or is that hockey? Hat trick. That's soccer okay. as well. Uh, turkey. Okay, both Three things. strikes in a row is a turkey. I think that's bowling. Right. Three strikes in a row in baseball, you know, strikeout. Sports. <laughs> We're going to cover them all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> From the basics to the basics. <laughs> We got your basics covered on the Hawk and Crowder Show weekdays from 2 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. So excited about Inter-Miami getting their first win. I am a soccer lover. I love all sports, but soccer definitely high on my list. I'm also a basketball lover. Absolutely love, love, love some basketball. The Heat 
and the Pacers have tipped off in the Orlando bubble. It is six to three, but they're only about two minutes into the game. So, whew, chills. Let's go back to that chilling game three where the Heat took command of the series over Indiana with some of the highlights. Miami. Miami. Live from American Airlines Arena in Miami, it's our broadcast of Game 3 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals between your Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers. Jimmy Butler in there at Brogdon, gets it out to Duncan Robinson, a tough shot. Oh, got it to go anyway from downtown. My goodness. You couldn't cover him any better if you had a blanket. Bam, strong in the basket, way up and in against Sampson. That's a bully move there by Bam. Dragic, three, wide open. Dragic, oh, not a soul near him. Buries his fifth tray of the game. 21 for the Dragon. The Heat up by 11. This is every possession matters. You know, I feel like we've been doing a great job of just handling situations possession by possession. Getting shots on goal and getting stops. Yeah, baby! Jim Crowder, back out to Totter. Totter, one on the shot clock. Step back to 18. Butter got it to go, boy. Totter. Bails Miami out there. Bam. Oh, got it. Just in case. Under the basket alone. Iguodala, the corner. The Tatter's got three on the way. Got it to go, Tatter Hero. What looked like a disaster turned out to be a three-point play. As, as everybody knows, we have a bunch of good leaders on our team. Uh, we, we knew they were going to make a run. You know, start back, and it wasn't going to be easy. Um, I'm happy with how we, you know, fought back. You know, we held them off. Made some big shots down the stretch. Got some key stops. And, Came out with the W. Long three attempt. That's an air ball, and it's going to be Miami's ball with .1 second left to go. And the Heat are going to win this ball game. The final score, Miami 124, Indiana 115. And the Heat now with a commanding three games to nothing lead. You know, it's not going to be easy. They're not going down without a fight. And, it, you know, the last one's going to be just as hard as the first three were. So we got to come out there, you know, make sure that we take care of business. We got need one more, and that's our focus right now. You know, like everybody said, the third game is the hardest game to win. So, you know, we came out, got the game done, and then, you know, we got one more. That's right. Solana's montage so fire in the heat. So on fire, I had to play it again. Speaking of being on fire, everyone talking about Luka Doncic and why not. Boy wonder, huge, huge triple-double over the weekend, keeping the Mavs in the series with the Clips. And then, of course, he bust out that game winner. Here's how it sounded on Dallas Radio. Vinny Smith trying to get it to Luka. They do, but way outside. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does. He hits. He hits. And the Mavericks have won the game. Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn. And the series is tied at two games apiece. I think everyone loves Luka Doncic. I like Dallas. Originally from New Orleans, so it's kind of near where I was growing up. Mavericks, they've always got goofy-looking players that seem to get the job done. Luka Doncic, although he may look goofy at times, he definitely gets it done. Now, a guy who looks goofy and is kind of goofy, former Dolphins coach Adam Gase. Here he is being Adam Gase, arguing about a scrimmage. I'm just circling back to something you mentioned the other day, uh, like a team-controlled scrimmage. Do you have anything planned coming up this week on doing a scrimmage? Yeah, I mean, we do. I, you want me to just just lay out everything for you, Rich? I mean, yeah. Just tell me what day so I can be there. <laughs> just just show up. You got nothing else to do. 
Right. Do you know which day yet? I might. And? I'm not going to tell you, Rich. You just show up. We'll, we'll let you know when you get here. Okay, I'll be there. I'll be there. That was actually kind of funny. Adam Gase, maybe a sense of humor. He needs to because he is not the greatest coach in the world, at least in my opinion. But what do I know? Never played a down of football in my life, at least organized. So there you go. I'm not going to say best of luck to Adam Gase, but if he continues to have funny press conferences like that, I will continue to laugh at them and play them and share them with you. Thanks for sharing this hour with me. Let's do it again tomorrow, beginning at 6 o'clock. Run back some of the best audio you've heard right here on 560 The Joe on a Miami Monday. Remember, hashtag Miami Monday. Let me know what makes you so Miami at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. And I may just read it out on the air one of these days. We got some local Miami music and just a good time. So have a good night. Go Heat. I'm going home. Eat some pasta. Drink some beers. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 